This is episode 226 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Why Your Prepper Defense Strategies Could Be Wrong, If You See These 14 Signs It's Time to Bug Out, and Conflicted, Prep for World War III, What Would You Do? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, you can make sure that you get the Prepper Website Podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail. We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you do feel you're receiving value from this podcast, we appreciate your kind reviews. Hey guys, let's go ahead and jump in. Our first article comes to us from PrepperBits.com, and the article is entitled, Why Your Prepper Defense Strategies Could Be Wrong. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Today's article talks about how we as preppers approach and plan our prepper defense strategies, and why our current thinking and approach to these strategies could be wrong. Let's start with some background on what prompted me to start thinking about this and why we came to the conclusion. Over the past few months, tragedy has struck seemingly more times than can be kept up with. Terror attacks, including active shooters, seem to be dominating both the news and our thoughts. Our thoughts and hearts stay with the victims of such vile attacks. However, in addition to this, these tragedies naturally cause us to think about what we can do to stay safe and how we can do more to foresee the unthinkable. What prompted us to rethink our own prepper defense strategies? Two key things happened that caused us to focus our minds on this important issue. Firstly, back in December 2017, we published a guest post entitled 3AM Flashlights in Windows, Banging on Door, Cops Outside, in which Vey talked about an event that happened to him and his family that, in his words, served as a wake-up call with regards to reviewing and improving his operating procedures and layers of defense. Secondly, over the festive period, while taking some downtime from Prepper Bits to catch up on some overdue reading, I read a book entitled Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival, written by a former, former Navy SEAL and FBI special agent called Jonathan Gilliam. While this article is not a full book review, the book is definitely worth reading, and I can say this because I know right off the bat if a book is going to keep my attention, and this one did. In brief, The book talks about approaching your surroundings from an attacker's point of view and planning defense strategies accordingly. Here's a short excerpt from the book. Quote, learn the steps required to build a target package and how to analyze your life and its critical areas, critical times, vulnerabilities, and any avenues of approach, all from the attacker's point of view with an attack plan that is built up in steps. End quote. Drawing on his experience as a former Navy SEAL and FBI agent, the book talks about the following areas of defense planning. Why threat levels and known threats are different. How to assess critical attacks areas at home and in the community. Attackers' avenues of approach. Types of attacks and more. Reading these bullet points, you can no, you can no doubt see why the book caused me to consider the fact that my own approach to my surroundings and defense strategies could be wrong. Why your prepper defense strategies could be wrong too. While this may not apply to everybody that reads this article, and well done if it doesn't, I learned that I was approaching my prepper defense strategies from the wrong perspective. 
the perspective of a defender focusing solely on my own preconceived ideas of defending myself, family, and home. I soon learned that when it comes down to preparing to protect myself, the defensive mindset is not enough. In fact, such complacency could be downright dangerous. This is because if you only ever think about how you would defend yourself, you are thinking about things from the wrong perspective. For example, we may have security cameras in position, confident that this is enough to warn us of an attacker. Failing to recognize that an attacker has most likely done some prior research and already knows that these cameras exist and the direction they are pointing at allowing them to come at us from another direction. We may feel confident that our dogs will provide an adequate level of defense, but what if a would-be attacker has observed us in the lead-up to an attack and taken steps to make sure this won't be a problem? These scenarios would apply to both normal everyday life and SHTF scenarios. So unless we start to consider what an attacker would do and get into the mindset or into their mindset, we would not be able to take the defensive measures needed to adequately protect ourselves. We need to adopt the mindset of the attacker and this applies while we are at home, work, and at events such as sporting events and concerts. The right approach to the prepper defense strategies. The right approach to creating prepper defense strategies is to think about it from both sides using a technique which is referred to in the book above called attack and defend. This technique helps us better flip between the attacker and defender mindset so that we can cover as many bases as possible. As mentioned earlier, most of us only ever think about how we would defend ourselves without considering this from an attacker's point of view. We need to think about our vulnerabilities from an attacker's point of view, asking ourselves and honestly answering questions like, who would attack you? Why would they attack? Where would they attack? When would this attack take place? And what type of attack would it most likely be? The majority of planned attacks are made up of a combination of information that has been researched by an attacker far in advance of the attack taking place. This being the case, you can be sure that in most cases, the attacker already has the answers to the questions above. The first step is knowing in knowing how best to defend yourself and your family is to make a plan. As preppers, we are used to doing this, so the task should not be as daunting as it first sounds. If you do read the book referred to above, then it contains step-by-step instructions on how to do this. Basically, you need to define each possible type of attack and then break it down into planning stages from the attacker's point of view. Once you have done this, you will be in a position to put into play countermeasures against possible actions an attacker could take. Basic planning stages. You will need to divide your life into sectors such as home, work, school, places of worship, and so on. Once you have done this, you will need to consider your critical assets such as family members, property, car, food, food stocks, water stocks, weapons, including anything else you consider could come under attack. Next, consider the critical areas that could be attacked such as the backyard, doors, windows, storage areas, and more. Then decide on what you believe to be the critical times when any of the above could be attacked. For example, if your home is unattended between the hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m., this time period would be considered a critical time when your property is more vulnerable to attack. Here's an example of a basic list containing some of the above critical elements. So critical assets, family, wife, husband, area of concern. 
Without the parents, the family would suffer and possibly be split up from one another. The kids, two young children, ages four and six. Areas of concern. Very helpless, as most young children are and are prone to finding trouble and wandering off, becoming easy prey for child predators. Critical areas. Garage, containing a large gun safe with pistols, rifles, ammunition, and family reserve cash. Areas of concern. What if the garage door was left up by accident? Critical times. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Everyone is, go- is gone. Home is empty. Statistically, most likely time for bo- burglary. 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Everyone is asleep. Statistically, most likely time for robbery and child abduction. The Prepper Defense Strategies Conclusion Your list will be far more detailed, but the above examples serve to demonstrate that you should make a list of all the critical areas in your life. Then consider how an attacker could exploit these holes in your security. You will then be able to take measures to plug these gaps in your security. The truth is we hold the key to the effective planning of our own prepper defense strategies. Knowing and accepting our weaknesses enables us to see ourselves as a potential attacker would. The more we can learn about ourselves, the better our personal defense and security will become, and the less likely a successful attack can be carried out against us. All right, I think this is a great uh, starting point for a lot of people when you're starting to think about your defense and uh, your situational awareness. Uh, You know, you still, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it talked about, you you go out you know in public and you see people buried in their phones, uh, even you know walking in parking lots and things like that. I mean, some of the funny vi- some of the funniest videos that you'll see like on Facebook are videos of people that you know were you know on their phones and then they wind up in a pond or they you know they wind up hitting a a pole or something like that because they're not paying attention and that's something that you just really need to start getting into the habit of. I like the idea of trying to think of it from different perspectives, right? Um, this is one reason why people war game or scenario, uh, the, you know, scenario, uh, play, play out scenarios and stuff like that, uh, because they, they want to look at it from different points of view. That's why I like conflicted, you know, when you're doing it in a group, because you can get people's different points of view. But let's just say that you are concerned about your home and you're wanting to look at the vulnerabilities of your home or you know how somebody would get in. You have your ideas, right? Maybe your idea is somebody would come through the front door or somebody would come through the back door and you you set up things for that, whatever they might be. And then you start asking other people, maybe some friends, maybe families, trusted people, hey, come you know, look at my house. If you were to get into my house, how would you get in? You know, and and they might come up with a whole different scenario, right? They might be like, you know, I, I would be hiding in the bushes, and uh, when you you show up and I hear your door unlocked, uh, I'm gonna come and, and rush right in after you, right? Or I'm going to be hiding in the bushes, and when the garage door goes up, uh, and you you're you're pulling in, I'm gonna pull in on the side of you and not pay attention, you know, you, when you're not paying attention, and so that helps to uh, to plan out some of the the ways that you would deal with things so you don't get caught off guard. So if you're if you're thinking about these things and your your mind is open to these things and you see the possibilities and you're able to deal with them uh, so much more likely. Um, you know, one of the things when I go out to the grocery store and I'm carrying groceries or whatever, I mean, I'm paying attention to what people are doing. And there's sometimes if people would walk behind me and 
they look like someone that is causing me to take a second look. I don't have a problem with turning around and letting them know that I know that they're there. Or sometimes someone uh, is just happens to be behind you and you make eye contact with them and they might realize, hey, I might be making this person feel uncomfortable. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the other side of, uh, you know, of the walk or, or whatever, you know, I'm going to stand back so they don't feel as uh, as uncomfortable. I know sometimes with me being a big guy, sometimes I get those looks and I'm like, OK, hey, lady, I guess you're you know, you think that I might be trying to harm you. So I'm going to you know cross over to the other side of the, of the lane and the, just uh you know, whatever, whatever that might be. And so, you know, if you, if you can plan that, yeah, I was thinking about when I was reading, really reading this, if I was thinking about like playing chess, because when you play chess, you make a move, but you're trying to anticipate the other person's move. And when you're doing, when you're talking about strategies and your defense and stuff like that, you're anticipating the, the other person's move and how they would do it. Maybe would they climb a fence and get up to your second story and try a window and break a window and go in that way? Uh, you know, there's, you know, just just trying to to plan this out. And uh, I like the ideas of, you know, the areas of concern and and those kinds of things. Uh, thinking about your the the critical times. Uh, I think that's you know that's a great uh, you know, great way to to look at things. So uh, that's over at prepperbits.com. And uh, again, the article is entitled Why Your Prepper Defense Strategies Could Be Wrong. And again, it was a, it was a little review. I mean, they're basically bouncing off uh, the book. And so if that book is interesting to you, you can go check that one out. All right. Our next article comes to us from ReadyNutrition.com. And this article is entitled If You See These 14 Signs, It's Time to Bug Out. And these uh, these articles are always popular because, uh, you know, it's people's ideas of of what the collapse, you know, what would bring the collapse or, you know, if, they, if uh, you know, the balloon goes up or the hammer falls or whatever, you know, you, the poop hits the fan, you know, what am I looking for? You know, that would be so easy if there was just one thing you were looking for, right? If this thing, if this one thing happened, then that triggers all my preparedness plans going into effect. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the way that we prepare. That's just so many, there's so many things out there. And again, this, the, the spectrum of preparedness is so grand out there. You have people that are preparing for, you know, just blackouts and, and snowstorms and things like that. And then on the other side, people preparing for, you know, the, you know, the, the next ice age or whatever. So, um, which it kind of feels like that, I guess, for some of you up north. But anyway, so this, uh, I, this is a popular article, if you can imagine. Uh, I got a lot of clicks out from Prepper website over to Ready Nutrition. And, uh, you know, it has 14 comments over there. So uh, it's a very short article. But uh, I think it's one that might pique your interest. And maybe if it does, you'll bounce off of these things and like, hey, let me go look into this thing because I never really thought about this or never really considered it. So let's go ahead and read this one. Ready Nutrition, guys and gals. This article is presented by request of one of the readers. Here is the requesting comment as posted to the, the recent METL or Mission Essential Task List article of mine. Red Clay. How about a list of circumstances for when it's time to bug out? I'm amazed on prepper discussion boards about bugging out at how many people are going to hit the road to bug out before the crowd mobs the roads. But how will people know when to bug out? What combination of signs or circumstances will one depend on in that decision? If one waits until it's obvious, then everyone will know and be on the road. 
So as you can see, this is a common question in everyone's mind and not unusual by any means. We have presented articles in the past to help you gauge by different sources how to prepare and when something is likely to happen. Let's jump into this in depth. One of the problems with preparation is the desire for an exact forecast of when the end of the world is going to occur. First, allow me to state I'm Jeremiah Johnson, not the prophet Jeremiah. Secondly, anyone who claims to be a prophet, not to delve into didactics, may not necessarily be one. So, what to do? If you see these 14 signs, it's time to bug out. What you do is observe what is happening and estimate, comparing possible with probable and coming up with the best course of action and act when you know and feel it is the time to do so. There are keys to show you that everything is going down. The more that occurs simultaneously, the higher the probability that it's time to get out of town. Let's list some of them and some of these may surprise you. Number one, a complete collapse of the markets. A lagging indicator but hitting rock bottom is a sign that it is gone to include the Baltic Dry Index and all commodity markets. So uh, uh, my comment on, on these as we go, uh, I actually did the Facebook Live, my favorite article of the week, where I talked about um, an article from Beans, Band- Beans Bandages Bulletin U.com and uh, bounced off of that. So it's on Facebook Live and uh, you know talked a little bit about that, that there's never been a real collapse just in in of itself. There's always been other factors. So it's not just like one day you wake up and then boom, the economy has collapsed. It's usually something else that's triggering it. And so when he talks about number one here, a complete collapse, there's something else that's causing that, uh, whether it is, you know, trade, whether it's war, whether it's whatever, you know, to, like today, uh, China said that they wouldn't buy U.S. Treasuries anymore. So the stock market didn't do. I mean, it's been uh, you know roaring and going, and, and it's been you know going crazy and jumping up there. But uh, you know today it, it didn't do that at all. Today it was in negative numbers, and I really I didn't look at the the ending number, so I don't know where it ended up. But uh, you know that causes some static. But that's one little thing. So that's not enough to bring it all down. And so he's talking about a complete collapse of the market. So you see it everywhere. Everything is going on. And more than likely, uh, and this is part of that article from, from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and you, uh, com, is that more than likely you're going to see it happening ahead of time. So I don't believe, it just this is just my estimation, I don't believe the stock market would go from, let's say, where it's at you know, right now to all the way down to zero all at one time. I think you're going to have days where it's starting to to happen. And so those of you that are on, you know, you listen to the podcast and I try to bring, if I had, if I saw some big drops, I would be mentioning on the podcast, but also we'd be putting it on proper website. We'd be, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter, those kinds of things. It it, it would be out there. You would see it. So it would start to happen, uh, you know, a couple of days at a time. I don't think it would happen all in one big day. Uh, you know, one big drop. Uh, that's stuff that you read about in the books, usually, uh, you know, in, in prepper fiction and, and all that type of stuff. But you would see it happening. You would see it coming. In other words, that's what I'm trying to say. But, uh, you know, that's one thing that could that could really get you thinking. And if that's the case, then you are, you know, your spidey senses are up there. All right. Number two, the president, vice president and members of Congress and the Pentagon quote unquote, disappear very suddenly and noticeably, probably heading to a bunker on your tax dime. 
yeah, that would probably be one of those things that would, uh, uh, you know, talk about uh, freaking people out and maybe causing you to to want to do something about that. My dad, you know, we've been talking about earthquakes in California and stuff like that. And, and uh, my dad was talking about back in the day. I mean, this was before I was born, but some of you might uh, might remember this one. When Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, there was someone who predicted that on a certain weekend that, you know, the California was going to experience the big one, like the big one that, you know, sent it into the ocean. And it just so happened that on that weekend, uh, you know, Governor Reagan at that time uh, left the state to go visit his his mom. And so that was like big headlines at the time. You know, the governor governor leaves uh, the state, you know, before earthquake. And so, that you know, I don't know what it was back then. Like, you know, if people were bugging out or people were, were leaving or whatever. But uh, definitely, if you started seeing or hearing rumors about, you know, all of these people going underground, that would be cause to, uh, you know, get your spidey senses up. Number three, National Guard and active duty troops and vehicles are out on the highways all of a sudden, moving out of cities and off of military establishment. So, yeah, that would be be one. Now, uh, quite often, I know here in Texas, we see uh, big caravans of military, you know, going whatever, going from, you know, one one base to another base, or maybe it is uh, uh People that are in reserve, you know, army reserves or whatever, and they're doing their 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 training, uh, those type of things. So you see that on a regular basis. But if you started seeing that on, you know, all over the place, yeah, that would be cause for concern. And then not only that, but this is active duty, right? He was talking about active duty troops emptying out of bases and uh, you know you know staging somewhere else uh, because their bases might be targets for whatever reason. Uh, that would be cause uh, to get your spidey senses up. Number four, a nationwide bank holiday for all banks occurs with all accounts frozen. This would be very bad. Yes, this would be very bad. Um, but I don't know if this would. Now, of course, we're talking about triggers for bug out. So I think maybe possibly if you have a retreat, that would signal it because you don't know what would happen. A lot of the times when they talk about uh, a bank holiday, it would happen like on a Friday. You have the bank holiday. But when you look at places like uh, Greece and, uh, and, you know, Greece had there in Argentina, uh, there was a great, a great video on um, the collapse of Argentina. And I remember posting it on Pepper website at one point. Uh, maybe if you go to the search bar and you type in uh, Argentina, it'll pop up. But, uh, you know, it was a good and it's older. It was back back in the day. But, uh, you know, it talks about uh, how people were getting along and, and those types of things. So if the bank holiday was just here in America, I don't know exactly how far that would go. Now, would that maybe signal, hey, if it's the weekend and you have a retreat, man, I'm going to bug out to my retreat on the weekend and call in sick on Monday and then see how things play out? Quite possibly that might be uh, a way that you handle that. Uh, so I don't know if a, if a, na a nationwide or a bank holiday was worldwide. Yeah, that might be a total different scenario. But uh, nationwide, it still would be very, very bad. Um, but you you really need to be you know feeling that one out. Uh, if you could go, and I think I talked about this on Facebook Live. Uh, if if they if you heard that there was a, a nationwide holiday, 
I would try to go to the grocery store very quickly and use my check card or use my, you know, use what, you know, whatever means that I had if I didn't have cash to be able to buy some supplies. I might even go get some cash, uh, you know, from home or whatever if I had a stash of cash and go try to buy some, some, uh, some items. Uh, because if it really truly was a bank holiday that lasted for a long time, you might be in for the, for the long haul. But anyway, that's a trigger that you could consider. Number five. Foreign military forces on the move, either in the vicinity or of or to the United States. That would be a big one. Uh, I don't think we've ever had that before. I mean, that's like Red Dawn, a Red Dawn scenario. You know, in Red Dawn, why didn't they ever... I know that they came from, I think it was from Cuba, right? Uh, so it was just a real quick jump, I guess. But why wasn't that ever seen on radar or whatever the troops massing in cuba anyway uh just going off the rails there but uh, that would be a big one number six outright declaration of either hostilities or an emergency condition by the msm the mainstream media so yeah that would probably be uh be one i don't know exactly what all that would entail outright declaration of either hostilities or an emergency condition by the mainstream media. So yeah, I guess if they use the per, uh, the public service announcements and let everyone know that hey, this is going on, whatever it might be. Uh, if you can imagine, you're watching television, all of a sudden you get the you know the emergency broadcast signal, or you get it on your phone, uh, because you know we talked about that recently that that's very possible for them to use that if it was a nationwide uh, situation. So uh, that one might be possible. Number seven. Over a course of time, key members of industry, banking, and the government take quote-unquote extended vacations and disappear from the public eye. I don't know how you would know that one unless you were, unless there was someone monitoring all these people uh, because that's, you know, that would be uh, very, very hard to keep track of all these people doing all, all of these things. But uh, yeah, that would be, I could see possibly, you know, some, uh, alternative news sites out there, uh, you know, drop in information like that, possibly as they start hearing it. You know, some of the big sites, people feed them information every so often. And so if they're hearing the same type of thing coming from a bunch of different people, different sectors, I can see where they would share that information. So uh, that might be one. Number eight, sudden shortages or halts in the shipment of food, medicine, fuel, or any other necessary items without any warning. Think Venezuela. Yes, uh, I think Venezuela is one of the ones that you should be looking at. And uh, I, you know, I, again, I talked about that on Facebook Live. First, it was the diapers, then it was the toilet paper, and then it went into the food, and then it just progressed really, really quickly, right? Because of what we were here, or it was feminine hygiene products. And you were you were hearing about those like, yeah, it's really hard to get diapers and feminine hygiene products. And then all of a sudden it went to toilet paper and then and then food, you know, started, you know, the food line started and then it started getting really desperate where people were, uh, you know, standing in lines for you know hours and stuff trying to get food. And it was very, very expensive. So, yes, that would be uh, one definitely. And I think that people in the preparedness community because you are prepped and aware and you're paying attention you would you would hear those things really really quickly uh hopefully you would number nine heavy troop and police movements and coordinating activities in major metropolitan areas um yeah that that's possible uh, again i would i would want to make sure that that is nationwide and not just you know, say Houston, uh, you know, Houston, because it could be just that Houston got a terrorist 
threat. And so you would have to wait through all of that. So if you got alerts on your phone or you saw it on, on Facebook, hey, uh, there is a crazy amount of police down in downtown Houston. Okay, so you were like, okay, is this happening in any of the other cities in the nation, in any of the other big cities? Uh, maybe that's something to be concerned about. Number 10, hospitals tasked with any kind of mass casualty emergency preparations. All right, I don't, I don't know about that one. Um, of course, that would be that would be that would si- that would signal something there, but they would be preparing because of something else. Uh, I think that if uh, for for some reason, whatever, let, let's just say that uh, we were going to war or whatever, or there was a trigger from uh, the federal government and it contacted all hospitals and said, "Okay, be on alert," you know, for mass casualties. And so I think that at some point word would filter out that that was going on and people would, you know, uh, their eyes would be eyes and ears would be open. So there's something else happening there on that one. Number 11, numbers one through 10 happening simultaneously in foreign nations along with the U.S. Yeah, that would be one there. Number 12, increased police and military checkpoints and restrictions on travel domestically or internationally. That would cause uh, some problems and concerns definitely but you know in a place like in a city like texas right i mean they would in a city in a state like texas they would uh require the military because police wouldn't be able to uh block everything out. i think eventually people would start to uh to start bypassing there's so many ways like i think of ways to get out of houston there's so many different ways uh how could they possibly uh you know cordon off everything so i don't know uh I don't know completely about that one, but yeah, that would start to send some signals. Number 13, decoupling of financial markets and banks overseas and in foreign nations. So I would need a little bit more information exactly of, of what they're talking about. But I guess um, I guess what he's saying here is, let's say like Europe started, you know, like, hey, we're pulling out of this. Or maybe there was uh, maybe even countries in Europe, you know, started breaking apart. Uh, that would be a big concern there. And, uh, you know, that is something that we do need to pay attention over there. And then, uh, you know, that I guess that's part of it there. Maybe uh, like well, China and Russia have already said that they are going to trade amongst themselves instead of using U.S. dollars. And so that always kind of, you know, piques people's interest. So, uh, you know, that's something to be concerned about. Number 14, recall of any and all ambassadors and staff back to the United States on short notice. Yeah, that would be that would be a big one there, uh, definitely. All right, we have mentioned a list of things here, but the list is not extensive. I moved to Montana years ago and have taken necessary steps that my preparations are now in place. This is key to accomplish these objectives long before any of those listed items materialize, as those are late signs that something will occur. If people all paid attention to things, then perhaps we would have a civil civil defense system in place. The truth of the matter to respectfully address Red Clay's concern is that even at the penultimate moment of truth, most will ignore the signs. It's not that everyone cannot be saved or alerted. It is that they will not pay attention to the signs even when it's all coming down around them. Best advice. Have your plans in place long before all of this happens. Be prepared to depend on yourself and your family alone. Prepare today as if disasters will strike tomorrow. And don't let anyone know your business. Keep that, keep in that good fight. JJ out. 
All right, so uh, like I said, there's 18 comments here. There's always people, uh, you know, adding a little bit to it uh, when when you have uh, a certain amount of comments. So you want to go check those out if this is uh, uh, of interest to you. You definitely want to have plans in place. That's why we prep. That's why we prepare. Uh, we have plans. We just don't go out there and go to the grocery store or go to any kind of store and start buying all types of gear. Go to Amazon, buy all types of gear. We have plans. There is a purpose. There is a method to all of the madness of, of why we do what we do. There are some of you that have retreats, some of you that have places out in the country, some of you that have family in you know out-of-the-way places that you would be thinking about, that you would be going to. There's some of you that are out there like, hey, I don't have anybody. I don't know what I would be doing. I would be bugging in. It would just be me and my wife and my kids. And so hopefully in that kind of situation, you are making, uh, you know, you, you are finding people that are like-minded. I've always ta I've talked about this before in the past, you know, in church, in, in, you know, going to maybe a gun club, maybe a, you know, a gardening club, you know, those types of things, finding people that are like-minded uh, because, you know, guns and, and ammo and, and gardening and, and, you know, those are all uh, gateway drugs into preparedness. Eventually you, you start, uh, you'll hit a, a, a website or you'll hit an article or someone will say something and get you thinking along those lines. You might think, oh, hey, you know, those people are whack jobs, but, uh, you know, it is a lot of the times will get you thinking into that. Sometimes looking at the economy and uh, just common sense will get people into, I know a lot of people have started preparing just because of that. So a lot of uh, ideas here, a lot of things to uh, consider. There was an article a while back, I think uh, Survival Mom, uh, Lisa Bedford, um, put out like a, a three-part series of what, of what people thought might be the trigger. If I find that, um, I know that I submitted to it. I think it was like in part three. So different people that have websites and stuff like that uh, were a part of it. I, if I find that, it's, it's late. Uh, I will uh, I will put it in the show notes, so hopefully I, I won't forget about that, or I can find it very easily. Like I said, it's it's late, and uh, you know need to get some rest. All right, so our last article is actually uh, conflicted. In every uh, every Thursday podcast, I read a conflicted scenario. Like I said earlier, I think it's good to kind of war game these things and and think about them. And you know I've said that before, not just. You know, you're going to you're going to listen to the scenario and then you're going to be like, OK, I would never be caught in that situation or whatever. The, the point is, is that is that you've been given a scenario. Now, what would you do with, with the, the knowledge that you have as a prepper now? What would you do uh, if you were in that scenario, in that situation? How would you handle it? Not like, oh, man, I have so much food and whatever. I'd never be caught that. No, like with your knowledge that you have. If you were placed in this in this scenario, how would you handle it? How would you go from there? And maybe even ask that question, you know, like, hey, I saw uh, ask somebody that question. Ask your your, your spouse, ask, ask your kids, you know, and, and get those different perspectives. Like we talked about in this first article, get those different perspectives of what people think. And then if you, you know, you get together with the guys, or you get around the fire or whatever, you want something different. You can always go order a conflicted scenario uh, set. Uh, and I had the link for you on the, uh, well, actually on the, the show notes. You can always link to it there. And they recently came out with a new set so uh, that you might be interested in. So here's the scenario, okay? This is, uh, again, conflicted prep for World War III. What would you do? So here it is. 
Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and Venezuela declared war against the United States due to the death of the dollar, which led to a complete collapse of the global fiat money system. They blame the U.S. government for ruining the global financial markets and are using propaganda to get the support of their own people. Your country's president has gone on TV and declared that there are rough times ahead and that all citizens need to prepare for World War III. What would you do after hearing that? All right. So, you know, this falls right in line with kind of some of the things we've talked about. Economic collapse. Uh, we've talked about, you know, triggers and all those kinds of things. So this falls right in line with that. So, uh, again, what would you do? Let me read the scenario one more time. Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and Venezuela declared war against the United States due to the death of the dollar, which led to a complete collapse of the global fiat money system. They blame the U.S. government for ruining the global financial markets and are using propaganda to get the support of their own people. Your country's president has gone on TV and declared that there are rough times ahead and that all citizens need to prepare for World War III. What would you do after hearing that? All right, so that is uh, the conflicted scenario. I hope you uh, you think that through and come up with an idea on your own. And like I said, maybe you talk that through with your family, uh, maybe your spouse. And if you, you feel like you want to share that, I'd love for you to come over to edthatmatters.com and uh, come over to, uh, you know, and actually I link to it in the show notes. And so you can go straight to the article and in the, in the comment section, type in what you would do, how you would handle that. Uh, would you do, you know, would you go to the store? Would you, uh, you know, bug out? What, I mean, you know, what would you do there in that scenario? So uh, that's, uh, again, Ed that matters, uh, conflicted prep for World War III. What would you do? All right, guys, that's it. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me on episode 226. I greatly value uh, your listenership to the podcast. Uh, it means so much to me and those of you that are on the Facebook group. Hey, if you get a chance, if you'd like to share out this podcast, I, I, it's a real big help to get the word out there. So I'd love for you to be able to come over to uh, theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and we have all the different social media accounts there and make it very easy for you to share out an episode if it, you know, if it was interesting to you or just to kind of get the word out of about the podcast. We do really appreciate that when you share it with your friends and family and uh, put it on social media and then even word of mouth. And then again, like I've said before, uh, like I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, if you do find value in it, we do value your your reviews on iTunes, your your kind reviews. Uh, they mean a lot to to, the, to get the algorithms going, uh, you know, on iTunes and and get us to a point where uh, more people are seeing the podcast. Uh, that's always a, a a big big blessing. So we really do appreciate when you do that. And uh, like I said before, if you're not part of the Facebook group, come on over. We'd love to have you there. And then if you're not part of the email list, I'd love for you to get the things that we're sending out. And with that. Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.